And I think that's really important for a lot of small businesses to think about is you're creating opportunity for a candidate, a job seeker. And this opportunity is more than this transactional nature of of employment. But for job seekers and candidates that want more, they want a career path. They want to be part of something more, so to speak. Um, It requires you to rethink how you attract the candidates that want to grow with you. And that's marketing, right? That's buying into the brand, um, focusing your energy on uh, the right audience that's looking for an opportunity and not just kind of this transactional nature of income. Welcome to the Voices of HR podcast presented by HR Morning. I'm your host, Berta Aldrich, outperformance coach and author of Winning the Talent Shift. Join me for candid conversations with HR practitioners, thought leaders, and C-suite executives to tease out what works and what doesn't in human resources, people strategy, corporate culture, and more. Thad Price is CEO at Austin, Texas-based Telru, the data-driven job and hiring client advertising platform that helps businesses reach the candidates they need to build their essential workforce. With more than 17 years of experience in online recruitment, an on-job search vertical, that is a recognized thought leader in the HR talent acquisition space. He genuinely believes that there is no industry that plays a more integral role in the economy. Under Thad's leadership, Talru continues its mission of disruption in the industry. Prior to joining Talru, he was VP of Business Development at Job.com. Thad, welcome to Voices of HR. Berta, thank you so much. That was a lovely intro, but very long. So <laughs> great to be here. Great to be here. Thank you for the invite. Well, when you accomplish so much in so little time, that's what you get. You get a long intro. So well, thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. So let's start here. So before the pandemic, the onus was really on the job candidate to sell and market themselves. But the tables have turned. What has been happening? So the first thing that we've seen is that there's been a huge amount of, there was a huge amount of job creation coming kind of off of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Um, Job creation that we haven't seen ever in probably our lifetimes um, coming off of the pandemic and focused on really the reopening of the economy and consumer, uh, consumer spending increase. So that was the first kind of catalyst that really happened is, hey, businesses are open Let's try to find. Let's try to find candidates. We need. We need help. Uh, folks are out. They're spending. They're enjoying. They're buying. And so we need to ensure that we can provide uh, great customer service uh, and provide the service needed to ensure our business uh, moves in the right direction. And so that was kind of the first thing that really happened. The second thing that happened was it has been happening for probably I would say maybe the last five, seven, eight years. And that is this idea, especially for frontline essential workers, of basically redefining income and work and how they're actually how they're actually uh, driving uh, income. And that is from the app-based uh, gig marketplaces. So mm-hmm. if you think of companies like Uber, DoorDash, Lyft, uh, Instacart, and many others that are there, and, and many in certain areas as well, it affords some the ability to work when you want to work mm-hmm. and turn on the app when you're looking to generate income and turn off the app when you're not looking to generate income and you want to take care of your family and you want to enjoy uh, that flexibility. And so that's something that we've been seeing, but during the pandemic, it really 
it really mm-hmm. accelerated because many of us were using these systems. I think about yeah. like, I think about my parents, you know, right. Originally, you know, Instacart and some of the other shopping services they weren't necessarily using, but when they were in the home and they weren't necessarily driving and didn't want to go to the grocery store, mm-hmm. they were using these services and they're still using those services today. Mm-hmm. And that really created this demand for people looking to use these uh, to for help during this period, but then also created an opportunity where they needed people to work in these apps. And so when you think of a small business today and you think of businesses, they don't necessarily necessarily think of how work has changed. They don't think about that I'm in competition with many of these um, mobile app marketplaces that didn't exist at the level they existed five or six, seven years ago. So it's a really interesting time for the world of work and a really interesting time about how we're redefining what it means and what's important to people, pay and flexibility. Yeah. So on that topic of flexibility, and I guess promotions as well, I think about the positives and the negatives of this gig economy. It does offer flexibility. You can turn your light on and go to work whenever you want. But there's also the downside of if you're an individual who is ambitious in the way that you want to continue to progress and maybe ascend in your career, there's probably a little bit of a drawback. So is that an appeal for small to medium-sized businesses to maybe differentiate themselves in that way? You're absolutely right. That's the opportunity. The opportunity Mm -hmm. is to reset. I'm an employer of choice where you can go, where you can grow and take your career to the next level. And I think that's really important for a lot of small businesses to think about is you're creating opportunity for a candidate, a job seeker. And this opportunity is more than this transactional nature of, of employment. If you think about these marketplaces today, you're, you're getting paid to do something. And yeah, you can get, you know, you can get bonuses and things like that, but you're a driver, you're a delivery driver, which is great because that affords you a lot of flexibility and it's fantastic for some job seekers, but for job seekers and candidates that want more, they want a career path. They want to be part of something more than this kind of transactional nature um, of, of income and, and employment, so to speak. Um, it requires you to rethink how you attract the candidates that want to grow with you. Mm-hmm. And that's marketing, right? That's mm-hmm. buying into the brand, um, focusing your energy on uh, the right audience that's looking for an opportunity and not just kind of this transactional nature of income. We just had the CHRO of Citizens uh, Financial Group on a couple of weeks ago. And so now you are the second person who has talked about the marriage between HR and brand, how important that is for employers to not only recruit, but retain their talent. Absolutely. It's like anything, it's like business, right? And you think of customers, it's so much more costly to replace a customer than it is to take care of your existing customer. And that's the same with talent, especially if talent, you know, great, great people grow great companies. That is, if you look at every successful company, you know, in the last you know, number of years, talent is, is the change maker. You know, talent is how you take your company to the next level, if you're efficient or not, like all of that is so important ensuring that you're attracting the right talent. So when you go through this experience of attracting the right talent, you have to make sure that you're doing what's necessary to 
ensure that that talent is part of, you know, is part of your family and as part of what you're looking to do to ensure that they can help open doors for you and your company. And that's why culture is so important. So let's talk about Gen Z. And because the only thing that we keep hearing on this podcast and what I've seen in the trend analysis is that Gen Z is not, is the almost antithesis in some ways of the baby boomer population, that they select their employer. If it's not as advertised, they're willing to walk within two to six months. Um, They are embracing this gig economy. They will probably have a job outside of their normal job if they do take a full-time position with a company. Tell us what you're seeing and hearing about this generation and how it's different. So I'm excited for this generation. And the reason why I'm excited about this generation is, you know, when we think of the idea of sales and marketing and recruiting and how it all connects, it's the same experience. And what I mean by that is, you know, gone are the days of hunkering down with an, with an employer and being there for 20 or 30 years, Mm -hmm. right? It is now, it's up to us as an employer to continue having those conversations with talent to share with them what's in it for them and where they can grow with a company. And if you're not having those conversations, if you're not having things like stay interviews and other constant communications that are important to let them know where they can go and grow with your company, then you're going to lose that talent. And with the you know, with a lot of the kind of the baby boomers uh, retiring or retired, um, this is the next greatest generation for us to ensure that our labor market is in the right shape. But it's going to challenge us all to rethink the idea on how we attract talent. It's not about, I want to go work for a Fortune 500 company anymore. I want to go work for the biggest company in, because I think that company is stable in my community. It's about purpose it's about what problems you're solving and they want to be a part of that. And that is the marketing. That is all about marketing and all about how you're thinking about how your entire talent acquisition strategy is structured and how it's, um, how it's true to, you know, what you're looking to accomplish from a business perspective. So we just had Joanne Taylor of clear employer services on a few weeks ago And she used this phrase, and I just was thinking about it when I was listening to you talk, spray and pray when it comes to recruiting these days. You're saying you're exactly right. Don't spray and pray. Get really specific and strategic about how you market the position, how you market your organization. Give us some tips and tools for our HR pros that are listening on what they should be doing differently that they haven't done in the past. Excellent. She used spray and pray. I've used post and pray for years. It's the (laughs) same thing, right? You post a job and you get a lot of cans and you pray, get the right one. And you know, and what's happened is our industry has been focused on quantity over quality for such Mm. a long time. Right. And a lot of it is because we haven't had the metrics to really, to really surface quality, quality of the candidate, quality of the experience. Um, It's all been kind of quantity and that's, that's, we think that's the opportunity in the industry. The opportunity in the industry is to create quality of connection and quality of candidate. And when you create quality of connection, you can create quality of candidate. So when we think about this idea in in marketing, we use a term here internally a lot. Um, It's a 
basic marketing term. It's called ICP, ideal, uh, ideal customer persona. You can apply that to candidates as well, ideal candidate persona, and very much how you think about you know, your go-to-market and how you connect your product, your services to the right customer. You can think about how to connect your employer brand to the right candidate that's going to be successful for you. But it's just, it isn't just a job posting, right? It's an entire experience and it's entire engagement with your team to first understand, all right, you know, what do we stand for? What are we doing here? What are we important? Why do we exist? You know, what's our culture? All these things that are important for us, our purpose to be successful. Once we have kind of that framework, then you can start to think of, all right, what candidates have been and job seekers have been successful for us. Where are we seeing success? How can we rinse and repeat that success? Also, when you think about this idea of ICP and how you're marketing, you're also thinking about your competitors. Who are we competing against, right, for this talent or for for roles? And I think one of the interesting things that we've seen as earlier on, I was talking about this this um, experience that we've been in the, in the labor market, we've been seeing, which is gig-based employment through marketplace apps. Um, that's a competitor. And so if you take a step back and you look at, you know, who are we, what do we stand for? What's our purpose? What are we focused on? Our North star, how do we ensure that, you know, people understand it's bigger than just, you know, selling a product, providing services, like we're fixing a problem that exists in society. And then you layer in, all right, well, I'm competing against these companies. And by the way, the marketplaces are, you know, are, are companies we're competing against. Then you can start to really peel back the onion and figure out how you can build a strategy to attract, to attract talent. But without any of that, it's really hard, right? You're not just hiring for a sales position or hiring for a cashier position. Your problem is your company is solving something. And that's the whole idea of marketing. Right. When you think of like why people buy a product, it's that emotion that people feel when they use a product and why they want to build, why they want to buy a product. It's the same with work, right? It's the same of where you want to work, what problems you want to solve and the team around you that helps helps to enable that. So I suspect some of our larger organizations um, have a marketing department. They probably partner, hopefully effectively with them to actually write these job descriptions or these jobs postings. Some of our smaller organizations don't have that luxury or the marketing, you know, peer doesn't have time to help them. Is AI a good place for them to start with maybe upgrading their job description so they attract, as you're saying, the right talent? It is. It is. That's the beauty of Gen AI is that it helps give us a start, right? It's not going to solve the problems that we have without involvement with practitioners and folks that understand domain knowledge, right? And have some experience. I like to think of Gen AI as just a place to start. And when we leverage that, we can be more effective than we were before. And I'll give you a great example. So we, um, we process about 200 million jobs um, a day. And we're deduping jobs from lots of job boards, job sites that we work with, employers that we work with, staffing agencies that we work with, and others. And so we're deduping those. And so, we, you know, once we have 200 million jobs, then we can kind of whittle that down to, you know, uh, a few million jobs, let's just say. 
And so once we do that, we have a lot of data. We have a lot of training data on what's in a job posting. And importantly, what works in a job posting, what people apply for. We have wage data. We have all of that in in our system as we're processing these jobs uh, every day. Using that data to figure out, instead of just going and, you know, as in a small business, you go to your competitors and like, I'm going to copy and paste this <laughs> this job. And we probably have all done it in the past, right? Yeah, And absolutely. say, oh, this, this is my framework for the job. Well, if you can leverage millions of jobs and use Gen AI to actually suggest a more interesting experience or leverage the best of all of those jobs in a certain industry to be more effective and understand, you know, maybe what pay ranges, you know, you need to pay to be effective. All of that is really important and part of the talent attraction process. And so, yes, it is absolutely a game changer and will change the way we hire and will allow companies to be more effective uh, in their processes. And, you know, what I'm excited about is level the playing field. You know, if you think about enterprise businesses for years, we have a lot of enterprise customers that are highly successful. We have great relationships with enterprise customers, but small businesses just haven't had the means to use, you know, point, many point solutions to be more effective at recruiting. And I think we're excited about exploring these technologies uh, within the Tauru uh, kind of product portfolio to ensure that small businesses can compete and be more effective Um you know, in the, in this, in this new environment, this new norm that is, that is talent attraction. So yes, it can be used. It should be used um, to be more effective and it's a starting point. And that's how we have to think about it. It's not going to solve all the problems, but it's a starting point and it's going to save you some time. So when you look ahead to the future or maybe even thinking about products or solutions that can help small businesses in the future, what do you think about? So when we take a small business, many small businesses don't necessarily have the luxury of a talent acquisition team or, or, or department for that matter. Um, it's usually an HR manager, depending on the size of the business. Um, and the HR manager is doing many different things. And, and recruiting is one, one piece. And I like to think of how I can use technology to augment and make that HR manager more effective. And, you know, if we just think of the simple kind of spray and pray and post and pray experience. You know, when a let's 10 years ago, when an individual would go in and post a job, there'd be a lot of data entry. You know, HR manager would go through, you know, page after page after page to actually post a job, copy and paste fields and, you know, check the box, enter a credit card and, and who knows what you get out of it, right? You don't even get the applicants that you, that you need, right? They may not be quality, and so that's a way that we can change the game around um, just the job posting, which we do today, just the job posting process. The other way is that I think we can be more effective and help you know, HR managers really be um, focused on recruiting and talent, uh, talent attraction and acquisition is um, give them those tools that they need to be more effective and more efficient. So I'll give you a great example. So, you know, when we, when we think about marketing and we think about this idea of the the job posting, the all-powerful job posting, um, we can start and be more effective using Gen AI to basically leverage all of our data and all of our job postings um, to essentially figure out where to start. Then once we build, uh, once we build a job ad, we make it engaging based on skills. 
right? Because every business today needs to really focus on skill-based hiring versus experience. It's really important, right? Skills are are what in many cases drive the economy and drive successful hires. Um, you need to focus on that. And you know, the other thing you need to focus on is your brand, all these things together. And I like to think of it as technology can help fill the gaps across this entire experience. The other thing that's really important is, um, you know, is think of the HR manager that's doing a hundred different things right now. And the last thing the hiring manager wants to do is to go ping pong with scheduling an interview. Does this time work? Does that time work? Wait for the can to get back. Like all of that is just crazy that that still exists today in the, <laughs> in the industry, right? If we can automate, you know, interview scheduling, that's just saves a ton of time for any HR manager. And that's the, that's the sort of thing that technology uh, is, that's the sort of thing that I think technology can really help with is helping us be more efficient um, so that we can focus, especially in, in recruiting and HR, let's be more efficient so we can focus on the people connection, right? The, the connection with people, that's what it means to be in human resources and any technology that we can use to be more effective at focusing on people are technologies that we should explore as a as an industry. Do you have any data on the difference between the quality of candidates, which you had talked about before, leveraging all of these things that you're talking about, the sales and marketing approach, the leveraging technology, yep. leveraging best practices across a million job descriptions? Um, what is the difference? Like, what is the impetus? Why would an HR pro want to head this direction versus the way that they've always done it? Yeah, it's a good, it's a good question. So when we think about, what do we think about quantity today, right? You post a job and you get a lot of applicants. Um, people don't realize the time that it takes to review those applicants is huge for organizations, for teams that are already spread so thin. That's the first problem. The second thing is, is, you know, for years, this industry has been suffering from this, um, the, the candidate black hole. I apply to a job and I never hear back, right? It's probably because the candidate isn't qualified. It's probably because um, the intent was probably low. There are probably a lot of reasons. The HR manager got hundreds of applicants and only two were equality, right? So all of these things kind of create this weird experience in the industry that, you know, we've all been talking about for years. And so when we think about quality of applicant and quality of experience, it all surrounds this idea of quality of hire, not to mention our candidates are our customers. Like people that want to work for us also probably buy from us. Because they believe they know our product, they know our brand, they believe in what we're doing, they probably would use our product. And so a negative experience that's based on this quantity of connection and not quality of connection will have some bottom line impact and some, of course, revenue impact to you as a consumer. You don't want to necessarily have someone that's applied to a job through your company have a terrible candidate experience because you've just essentially impacted, you know, a customer experience, right? And industries are always focused on customer experience and customer service, but there's not a lot of conversation around candidate service and candidate experience. And that's changing. That is changing a lot. 
but that's where I think there's a lot of opportunities. So typically what we see is um, when we work with companies that focus on quality, typically our higher rate is about 2x what we see from other from other companies in the ecosystem today. And that's because it's about quality of connection and quality of applicant. When I see quality of connection, this idea of getting to the talent quickly, right? And you think of generating a sales lead, right? Your marketing and sales is generating, you know, leads for marketing, is generating leads for sales uh, to hopefully, you know, hit your quota. And when you're doing that, when a lead just sits, a sales lead just sits, we've all read the studies, right? You never want a sales lead to just sit. Um, there's like a half-life um, based on the connectivity of that lead. It's the same with candidates, especially in this environment where there's been so much job creation over the last few years, right? You can't let a candidate sit because they're going to go to the other company that responds faster, right? And gives them an opportunity or the staffing firm, whatever it may be. It's the same thing with sales. So when I say quality of connection and quality of, of, of applicant, those things are all connected. And just by solving one, you don't necessarily solve the whole thing, right? You've got to think about it like this. And so in, you know, in, in, when we think about our products and, you know, our small business product that I alluded to that we're launching, um, you know, we give the ability to connect and sync directly with someone's Outlook calendar and Gmail calendar mm. at time of apply through kind of a chat bot like experience. So a small business comes in and says, all right, here's my Gmail account. Here, or here's my Outlook account. My calendar is constantly updating. And so if the candidate meets my qualifications uh, in the chat bot, we'll just surface times that's available in the small business owner's calendar directly so the job seeker can actually just snag uh, uh, an interview slot directly in the chat bot like experience when they apply for a job instead of like, I apply for a job. The recruiter's got to read the HR manager. Recruiter's got to read the resume. Okay, this person hits. Then I got to email the candidate. And then I've got to say, "All right, does this time work? That time work?" Like speed, speed, speed. Speed is so important to candidates, especially in this environment. So those are the things that I think we can be more efficient with as an industry, so that you know we can spend more time with our people. So as I, I wrote down, quality of connection equals quality of leads. So I always think about even small businesses. They want those high performers. They want the high performers that are going to outproduce the low performers, generate four to five times the profit of, of a low performer. Is this the way to find them and to secure them is quality and speed? That's quality and speed. Absolutely. Quality okay. of connection, speed to connect. All of those are so important. You know, if you think of Nordstrom, right? Great retailer and great experience. And they're all about customer experience. They probably provide some of the best experience in, of any kind of retailer. And we've all probably read a number of, of stories about it. There's, there's a story about Nordstrom and the, and the tire. And if you read that, it was, it was hilarious. Like someone- I haven't. What is that? Yeah, there's a story I forgot, but it's super interesting. It, basically, like someone tried to return a tire to Nordstrom. And it was just kind of this odd thing that happened. Um, but the customer service behind the scenes was just just amazing. And I think we can all take a page from that into how we connect with our candidates and how we um, create that experience for our candidates. And um, 
anyway, there's a, you'll have to read about it. It's, it's fascinating. I will definitely um, look it up. Yeah. 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 There's a, there's an interesting story around it, but, um, but I definitely think, you know, quality connection and speed are what's so important in this environment, especially, you know, given the massive amount of job creation over, over the last few years. Mm -hmm. So if I have a role, um, let's move into a leadership type role and I want to secure the best possible candidate, but I'm also willing to look beyond my geographical location. Is there anything specific that a company can do to attract the best candidate, even if they aren't within your maybe city or even state? Is there anything different they should be doing? I would, I would probably think about it as, you know, from, from our perspective, um, if you think about your competitive set, you know, chances are, if you're looking to recruit someone that has experience uh, in a certain area, a certain industry, very niche, then you should look at where your competitors are, right? And you should mm -hmm. look at potentially like that talent pool where you could potentially recruit. Um, it really depends to what, you know, what kind of the appetite is for relocation. It depends on the appetite for, um, for more remote work. Um, you know, a lot of companies have been very successful the last few years because, you know, in some cases, folks can work anywhere and that opens your talent pool from kind of this small talent pool that's this geo location to this massive talent pool that's anywhere your competitors are. So I would just say it really depends on, you know, your appetite for that sort of, um, for that sort of strategy and, you know, what's going to be most impactful for your business. What are you seeing that companies are doing today that is really setting them up for more risk or for not attracting the right candidates? So I think that, um, so the first thing I would say is, is, you know, stay interviews, right? Not having mm -hmm. those, all things in life can be solved by great communication, right? Whether it's a personal or whether it's a business relationship. And I think that's just a great way that you ensure that you're having a constant connection with your team, that, um, that you care and that, you know, that you're working for them to achieve their career. And I can't tell you how many business leaders I've chatted with, you know, in previously that don't necessarily make that part of their process, even though as simple as it is, um, but you have to, you have to have those conversations. They have to know what's in it for them. They have to know what, how you align with what they want and find, And if you don't know what they want, then that's a great opportunity for you to align and figure that out. So I think that constant communication is so important to teams to ensure, you know, that you have the team that you need to take you to the next level. And that's what it's all about. Um, so that's the first thing. Uh, the second thing I would say is accountability. If we look at where companies stumble, it's because they really don't have good accountability across departments. Mm -hmm. um, so I think those two things are really important uh, when you're thinking about building the right organization with the right foundation. I think those are really important. And since I have to share a third, um, just because you have to have three. You have to have um, three. You have to have three. Yeah. It would just be talent in general, like not putting enough emphasis on recruiting and not putting enough emphasis on attracting the right talent and 
treating it as a job and not a life-changing experience. And I can't, I can't stress that um, enough. Like when I think so many people go in it saying, I need to hire this job. I need to hire for this job. I need to hire this candidate. And if you're not thinking how you can change that person's life, mm-hmm. then it's, it's not going to work and you're going to have a lot of problems. And if I look at all the successful hires that we've had over the last year, over the last 10 years, every single one of them that, you know, we think are strategic for our business, you know, and I've, I've said like, how can we change their life and have they, and have we changed their life? And, you know, Tauru is a founder, is a founder owned business and I'm the caretaker. I was previously in charge of product and uh, engineering. And when our founder moved it to chairman, he said it was time, your time to move up. And, you know, our founder changed my life and I'm paying it forward with all of our team members. And I think everyone should run a business like that and should think about this idea of how do I change a life because it's about the opportunity. And if I do change a life, there's a lot of loyalty. Wow. I have never heard that before. So for our Voices of HR listeners, when you think about recruiting, you think about selecting a candidate, think about how you are going to change their life. Profound. Amazing. Okay, so we are getting to the end, unfortunately, of our time together. We actually do this thing called Rapid Fire Questions. Okay, I'm ready. Oh, you're ready already. I don't know about that. We'll see. (laughs) I love it. He didn't even let me get through my spiel, and he was like, yes, (laughs) sign me up. I'm ready to go. All right, here we go. What is the biggest problem you or your team solved this year? Alignment. Yeah, it's key to success, right? Being aligned, all aligned, all on the same page. Um, that would be that would kind of be my an internal response. Love that. Why should CEOs like you give HR the credibility they so deserve? Great people grow great companies. They're the like even the salespeople. You know, salespeople get all the love usually mm-hmm. in organizations because they, they drive revenue, right? But the salespeople are there because of the the HR department and the talent acquisition team. You've recruited a great team, right? You've helped ensure a great team. Um, you've ensured that your culture is aligned. You've ensured that these people are going to help uh, fulfill, you know, what you're looking for to be successful as a business. All roads lead to talent. You are the driver of business. You have a, you have earned a seat at the table through your recruiting efforts and how you've been the caretaker of the business. And so absolutely most important, most important piece of any organization. The people, the higher you go, the more strategic acumen you need to exhibit. What is the best way for an aspiring CHRO to build their strategic acumen muscle? The first thing I would do is take a metrics driven approach. You know, Mm -hmm. if you think of, if you think of like business, process and you think of a you know business in general um so much of that so much of that conversation around recruiting metrics and about um everything that you do to focus on being successful is driven in business is driven by metrics and that is the love language of a cfo the love language of a cfo is metrics kpis all of that and so when you think about a sales funnel and you think about 
you know, your revenue and sales metrics and marketing metrics, all, all of this is something that every company is managing, right? Profitability, margin, all of, all of these pieces. What I would encourage you to do, the first step I would do is take a marketing and or sales team member out to lunch, become their friend and learn more about the sales and marketing approach. Then take that sales because you may not, you may not, you may not have been exposed to that in the past because right. you've been focused on other areas that have been really important to ensure that your business can grow. Other, a lot of other importance with uh, around human resources and recruiting. But take them out to lunch, learn more about them, befriend them. Then think about it. Take a step back, that you know, block some time in your calendar, and think about it. All right, what are the steps in my process that is similar to sales and marketing? And how can I how can ensure I'm tracking that, and I'm speaking the love language of KPIs and metrics in my process? How can I look at you know where we're spending and human resources, what's successful engagement within my systems, all of those things. If you take a metrics driven approach to your organization, and you know from a human resources perspective or recruiting perspective, you will immediately earn a lot of respect from all business leaders. If that already exists, try to make it better. And what I mean by that is then try to think about, all right, well, we're already tracking all of these pieces. What are some other things I can learn that sales and marketing is doing to be more effective? Mm -hmm. um, all of these things. So I think, I think befriend uh, marketing and, and sales, learn about their process. See if you're doing it in your organization, in your department. If not, see what you can borrow. If you're already doing it, think of what's happening there to figure out your next step and how to improve upon it. And again, that will drive your success as a team and your success, uh, you know, in your in your function. When you get overwhelmed, how do you refocus? Wow, um, that's a good one. <laughs> it is a good one, isn't um, it? It is a good one. I like to. You know, I like to break things down. So, mm. you know, when I when I when I think about issues we may have in the business or um, where I think we could be more profitable, be more effective, I take a step back and I think. And I had uh, a mentor a number of years ago that said, "Whatever you need to do, you need to clear your calendar." You know, it's okay to have a clear calendar because that's your time to think. If you're always in the details. You're never really thinking. However, you need the details to figure out what you need to think about. Right. So it was interesting, interesting way to think about how to be more uh, effective. So I would say, um, you know, I would say take that time, um, use that time to think and then break it down. Because I think what typically happens in business is you have these eight different things that are going through your head. And you're trying to solve it with one action, which is right. absolutely incorrect, right? Each, you know, each problem, each thing is going around in your head require a different action. And I think we tend to try to solve it with one and that doesn't necessarily ever happen and is, and is really never successful. I love that. Clear your calendar and think. If you had your own billboard that would reach millions of people, what would your message be? Okay. They're getting deep now. Aren't they? 
I would say that my message would be, this is going to sound really simple, but it would probably be be kind. Mm. I think kindness is one of those things in society that we have generally not supported for whatever reason, Mm -hmm. but it is the gateway to everything in life, whether it's relationships or whether it's, you know, success or anything. And there are a lot of people that have been successful, not, you know, being unkind. Um, but it, it always, uh, I think there's always a, there's, there's always something else that comes back around in my opinion. So probably Mm -hmm. be kind. Is there anything that we haven't covered today that you wanted to share with our audience? We've seen so many enterprise companies that have been very successful at recruiting and hiring. And our goal is, is we know that there's a lot of pain with small businesses right now. And our goal is to ensure that we're building that technology so that you can be more successful, um, so that you can be more successful at hiring in a world where inflation is, 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 is a problem, a real problem, inflation Mm -hmm. and wages and everything is, is a problem. So, um, I'm excited to be here, excited to share some time with you and give you a different perspective. And if there's anything we can ever help with, um, let us know. Well, we are so excited that you did join us today. Thad, where can people go to find out more about you? Feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. I'd be happy to answer any questions. Also, you can check out our new product that we're about to launch, readysethire.com. Wow. I think this is... Designed specifically, this is new, designed specifically for small businesses and to help automate a lot of the process using Gen AI and, of course, um, you know, all the things that we've been chatting about that a lot of a lot of enterprise businesses have access to it. But, you know, it's been too expensive for small businesses. Voices of HR audience, you are hearing it here first. Can you say the name of that product again? You got it. ReadySetHire.com. Here we go. Today, we have been joined by Thad Price, CEO of Talru. Thanks again for joining me, Thad. It has been such a pleasure. Thank you so much, Berta. I really hope you've enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already left a rating or review in Apple Podcasts or Spotify, I'd really appreciate it. If you have any feedback or questions about the show, drop them in the comments or wherever you listen or email podcast at hrmorning.com. To find me, go to BertaAldrich.com or send me a message on LinkedIn. We'll be back next time with more Voices of HR.